Good morning. My name's Rick. It's so wonderful to have you with us. Perhaps this is your first time a friend invited you or you, you got one of our Hello Flyers through the door and you thought, I'll try church out. Well, you are so welcome. I'm going to be speaking for the next 20 minutes or so from the Bible and then we'll be done. I also wanted to give a little shout out to the kids. I know many of you are watching at home and uh, I, I love seeing your parents have shared with me uh, your notes that you've been taking in other preachers. So I'm looking forward to seeing some more of those. Well done. I wanted to kick off by telling you that tomorrow is a very special day. It's not just a bank holiday, it's also my birthday. And I love having my birthday this time of the year, um, mainly because there's always a good chance that it will fall on the bank holiday weekend and, and sometimes in the, uh, in the half term. And uh, I just don't panic, by the way, if you were thinking, oh, I should go and get him a present. Well, you've missed the post, I'm afraid, because it's a bank holiday. No point looking on the Amazon wish list now, but never mind. And the reason I tell you this is, is not uh, just to try and get more presents, so that's, that's perfectly available to you. Uh, it's also to say that it's going to be weird, isn't it? It's going to be weird to have my birthday in the middle of this. Um, Cheryl, my wife, tells me that she's got the best birthday planned under the circumstances that you know we could possibly hope for, but it's still going to be a bit odd. Last time it was my birthday on a bank holiday, which was uh, five years ago. It was my 30th birthday. Uh, we just moved into this house, actually. Uh, we had an all-day party, 12 till 12, open house, barbecue. My dad grilled for about eight hours straight. Um, I actually spent the week leading up to it laying a patio because at the time we just had a sandpit in the back garden. And I really wanted to do something similar this year. You know, it's five years on, I'm 35. This is going to be our last year in this house before we move to Newcastle to start a new church. I thought there's a beautiful symmetry to the whole thing. You know, let's get Dad back on the grill. Give him another eight hours. The patio's already laid. But it's not going to happen, is it? And that's what we're looking at this morning. We're going to be looking at Psalm 137. I'm going to be reading from the ESV Bible. And we're going to continue looking at the Psalms in these days and starting to ask the questions, you know, how do we deal with these days? Today we ask the question of how do we deal with the unexpected, with life interrupted? Well, I'm going to read Psalm 137. Uh, the, uh, the words will appear on the screen, but if you do have a Bible with you, why not uh, read along with me? I'm going to read just the first six verses to start. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion, which is Jerusalem by another name. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I don't remember you. If I don't set Jerusalem above my highest joy. And I just want to deal with the elephant in the room uh, before I go any further. Because if you have any knowledge of 70s pop culture, and I do... It's very difficult to read this psalm without a particular song going around in your head, isn't it? And I don't mean the one from Godspell. I think we all went there. We're talking Boney M. Yeah? By the rivers of Babylon. Well, we... I won't sing the whole thing. Um, 
classic, classic German disco. If you've never heard it, check it out after this. Stay with me for a little while. Check it out afterwards. And uh, <laughs> this was buzzing around my head as I was preparing this. I thought, well, I'll do my research. And I found out um, it's actually a cover version of Boney M. Did you know that? I didn't. Um, but the original artists were the Melodians uh, in 1970. And they're, they're a Jamaican reggae band uh, who wrote uh, the song using the language of the Bible as an anti-establishment song. In, in, for them, Babylon was kind of a, a catch-all for authority. And the funny thing is, that's kind of what this psalm's about. 600 years before Christ, the Israelites, as the, the people of God, were taken from their homes by the Babylonians and put in exile to live in Babylon under the rule of the king of Babylon. And this psalm is about the people refuting that authority and saying, no, we won't sing for you. Which, if you've read your Bible and you know a little bit about the Babylonian exile, might be a little bit of a surprise to you, because you might remember Jeremiah 29, which is a, there's a, it's a prophecy, a, a word from God to his people that says, you know, when you're in exile, settle down, have families, build houses, farm the land. But most of all, seek the welfare of the city in which I've sent you in exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. The, the, the word welfare, by the way, um, is the Hebrew word shalom, which also means peace. You have to live peaceably. How do we... Deal with the unexpected where we seek the welfare of those around us. I think exile could definitely be qualified as, as the unexpected, as life interrupted to the Israelites. And even though we are actually not exiled but locked in our homes, this kind of feels like that, doesn't it? Cut off from those whom we love. All our favourite pubs and coffee shops closed down. We are socially distanced from the life we knew. And so how do we deal with this time, this unexpected time? Well, God says, seek the welfare of those whom you find around you. Which means, be nice to your neighbours. Can you believe it? That's what it comes down to sometimes following Jesus, he says, just be nice to your neighbours. If you're doing the shopping, knock on and say, can I get you some eggs? If all you can buy is a 25 kilogram bag of flour, buy it and divvy it out across the neighbourhood. Post notes through the door saying, hey, can I help you with anything today? Actually, to be honest, most people's material needs are, are met. But relational need is still high. Cheryl and I have taken out uh, fence panels on, on both sides of our garden so that we can better converse with our neighbours at a safe distance, of course. Seek the welfare of those around you. Share your peace. And that's the big one, isn't it? Because actually the Christian message is not that you will have no trouble. 
but rather you will have peace, peace amidst the trouble. The best we have to offer our neighbours is peace and peace that surpasses understanding which is found only in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So invite people to church. It's so much easier than it ever was before. It, it's really just a web link. Invite people to come and meet Jesus and to receive this same peace for themselves. That's how we seek the welfare of our city. That's how we deal with the unexpected days. And God says, in that you will receive your welfare. So send them a text. Print off one of our hello flyers. Post it through people's doors. And maybe, maybe you don't follow Jesus. Maybe you've never received the peace that he offers for these uncertain times. Well, at the end, there'll be opportunity for you to, to chat with some of our team from the church, pray with them, and you can receive that same peace today. So, if the Israelites were to seek the welfare of the city, why do these psalmists refuse to sing? How, they say, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Well, the answer is in verse 3, just before that. It says, for our captors, the people who put us in prison, they required of us songs. Our tormentors wanted to laugh and mock us. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. But the psalmist knew that the songs of Zion, the songs of Jerusalem, aren't just you know, folk songs, cultural curios to sing to a tyrant. They are the songs of worship to the living God. When the unexpected occurs, when we are wrenched from our community as they were then and we have been now, when we are unable to commune with the people of God, we should lament that loss. We should lament it. We should feel sad about it. We should let our hearts be broken by that. I've got a trite little phrase for you this morning. Maybe it'll help you. Don't gloss over loss. Don't gloss over loss. Say it with me. Don't gloss over loss. This isn't okay. This, this isn't how church is supposed to be. My three-year-old knows that. She's been crying. Bless her. She's been crying this week because she wants to return to Grace Church. We should long to be in the communion of believers worshipping God. I hope, I hope you enjoyed worship just now with Chris and Hannah. And uh, I, I don't want to put it down. They, they, they work incredibly hard and they do so well for us in, in, under the circumstances. But I'm sorry, if you've never been to, to one of our Sunday services and really seen the body of Christ worshipping in, in one spirit and many gifts, well, you've missed out. 
That's where my heart is. That's what church is supposed to be. What we've partaken in just now is it's just a, a, a foreign land version, a pale imitation of worship. We should long to return from exile. But don't gloss over loss. Because this longing should actually drive us to crave with a, a more hungry heart the day when we will worship not just with our church, but with the whole body of Christ. You see, what we do on a, on a Sunday physically when we're together is actually just a foreign land version of worship, a pale imitation of that great day when we, the resurrected, will stand and worship the risen Jesus Christ. How do we deal with the unexpected? We don't gloss over loss and we allow it to drive us forward in hopes and prayers for that great day and our great and beautiful future with Jesus. Let's look at uh, verses 7 and 9. Because these are tricky. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem, how they said, lay it bare, lay it bare, down to its foundations. And the Edomites were a neighbouring country to, to Israel and they were rivals. And when the Israelites got taken into exile they, they mocked them and taunted them and the psalmist is saying don't forget to get even with them but then it moves on to the Babylonians O daughter of Babylon doomed to be destroyed blessed shall he be who repays you with what you've done to us blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. It can be difficult to read these sorts of verses. But when we do, we need, we need to remember the purpose of the Psalms. Which is not just to teach us, but to touch us. Not just to address our minds, but to kindle our emotions. In context, the Babylonians actually did all the things the psalmist have just said here. They regularly destroyed infants, targeted pregnant women. And much worse, that I won't repeat here to suppress the uprising of the people they conquered. And we know from reading the rest of the Bible that vengeance, getting even, it's not how we're supposed to behave. It's not how we're supposed to live. And yet, this psalm gives us brutal imagery to help us unlock those emotions that we're maybe not proud of, that say, 
I do want to get even. I want things to be put right. We have this word blessed in verse 8 and 9. We saw it earlier in the Psalms there, it meant happy. Here it doesn't mean that, it means more like to do things right. It would be right that the Babylonians are paid back for what they've done. It would be right that they receive what they have given. See, I, I don't know. I don't know how Corona started. I don't know how it spread so fast. I don't know how the world, the world leaders rather, didn't do anything sooner. I don't know if they could. But I do know that there's a bit of me that that wants someone to blame. Yeah? And there's also a bit of me that if I had someone to blame, I'd, I want them to receive a taste of their own medicine. To be locked down. To be... I'm sure I'm not alone in these feelings. And that's the purpose of this psalm. It meets us where we're at but it doesn't leave us there it meets us in our anger and our confusion but actually it teaches us what we should do we should cry out for justice for things to be made right remember O Lord verse 7 says but it also trusts in the judgment of God it does not claim authority that it doesn't have. It is right that evil be punished. It is right that it be repaid. But I thank God that vengeance is not mine. This psalm teaches me that I am a self-interested man who feels wronged by the world and who would punish everyone who I deem to be unworthy. But vengeance is God's. And he paid out evil on the cross in the body of Jesus. Because you see, Jesus became an infant, like one of these little ones here. And he was pursued by evil men who sought to kill him even when he was a child. But he escaped, he lived, and he grew. And then at the right time, he died for the ungodly. He died for the very ones who sought to destroy him. And as he was crushed, evil was crushed. He took on all our sin. And so as he was destroyed, so our sin was destroyed. 
and evil was paid out. See, I'm, I'm not righteous. I'm not. The psalm tells me, it helps me understand that I am a selfish, angry man. And I deserve to be got even with. But when I trust in Jesus, I'm free. I'm free from that punishment. He has taken it for me. And the Bible says there's no one, not one, who is righteous. We all deserve to be got even with. But when we trust in Jesus, when we believe that he took the punishment, we go free. And then Jesus rose. He rose three days later and he threw down the enemy of death. He bound Satan. And one day he will have total victory. The Second World War was won at D-Day, 1944, when the Allied troops landed in Normandy and took back France. But total victory, VE Day, which we've just celebrated, that wasn't for another year. There's a mopping up operation in between. That's, that's a bit like the church age. We stand now between the D-Day of the cross and the VE Day the victory eternal day when Christ returns. So for now, we still face evil. We still have coronavirus, but there will come a day when Christ will eradicate evil. How do we deal with the unexpected? We seek the welfare of those around us. We cry out for justice. And look forward to the day when Jesus will eradicate evil and we will worship him. But today, we do not gloss over the loss. Because life is hard. Let's not pretend. Life is hard right now. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. But because I have overcome, you can have peace in the midst of that trouble. Let's not pretend this trouble isn't happening. Don't gloss over loss. But allow it to drive us back to Christ who offers peace. And peace that surpasses all understanding. If you've never received this peace, you've never received Jesus, you've never made him your king, said I will follow you. Well, there's going to be a, a button appear in the comments. I encourage you, just click it. You'll get to chat to someone from the team and you can receive that peace peace amongst the troubles of today right where you're sat but this peace is not a, a one time offer this is a steady stream flowing from the Father and if you are a Christian today and you need just a little bit more of God's peace well why not ask for prayer there's a prayer button you can click 
the Holy Spirit is not bound by our technological limitations. He can meet you where you are. Well, that's all from me. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday and an excellent bank holiday, whatever you do. Maybe at some point I'll get to tell you how my birthday went. Thanks so much. Bye.